morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Neighbors Livecast. I'm Super Dave, aka Mr. Incredible, and we have an amazing show for you today because my guest today is a seasoned entrepreneur in the financial and real estate investment industries. She's a business and personal coach, a trainer, a speaker, and the founder and president of K&N Management Solution LLCs. She also owns a number of properties and businesses. And uh, yeah, Nakia Braxton. Did I say it right, Nakia? <laughs> Nakia. Nakia. Why did I say that? I know you on my own, my goodness. <laughs> so okay. it's funny, like, I've always called you Nikki, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> why did I say Nick? I, but I know it's Nikia. I don't. I don't know why I did that. Anyway, it's so funny. Nikia it's either Braxton. no, either it's Nokia, Nokia, or something. Call you Nokia? They call you a cell phone, really? Back in the day, yeah, they used to call me that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, like I said, just an um, a expert in uh, in the financial realm and someone who's gonna uh, give us some real insight today. You know, I know a lot of people are struggling. Uh, with finances, you know, especially with all that's been going on with the pandemic and just life as, as a whole, a lot of people are really going through it right now. And so um, hopefully we can give some information that can help some people today. I'm excited about it. We're going to talk to you about all of that. But first, there's a few things going on in the city, in the country, in the world. And I'm going to discuss, go through a couple of topics, uh, things that I wanted to talk about. Um, first of all, the, the Golden Globes was last night. I didn't actually see it. But I've seen um, the emotional speech by Taylor Simone Ledward, uh, Chadwick Boseman's widow, for his posthumous best performance in a motion picture win for his role in Ma Ramey's Black Bottom. Um, it, it was a beautiful speech that she gave in his honor. And it's, it's great that they were able to honor him posthumously like that because it's a dope movie. And uh, he is uh, based on an amazing play. And he did a great job bringing that character to life. Um, she said in part, you know, he would thank, um, he would have thanked God, his parents, his ancestors for all their support and guidance, his team, among a myriad of other people. She said she, um, you know, drew tears. She talked about how she didn't have his specific words, but then she gave some, some thank yous um, of her own. It was a beautiful, beautiful tribute to um, one of our fallen you know, uh, brothers. So, um, you know, definitely congratulations uh, to uh, Chadwick Boseman. A couple of other uh, cool people uh, won last night. Uh, I hope I say the name right. Daniel Kaluuya the, uh, from uh, from Judas and, and the Black Messiah, which I have actually, I actually just saw uh, a Queen and Slim for the first time on set. That's how behind the times I am with movies. It was it was a good movie. He's a great actor though, so shout out to him. He won for uh for that role in uh, Jesus, uh Judas and the Black Messiah. Excuse me. Um, a couple of other like the the movie Soul um won for best animated picture. It wasn't that really many you know black films uh or black people represented. And they talked about that. That was one of the big themes uh throughout the uh, throughout the night was about how you know, uh, uh, African-Americans and people of color as a whole were underrepresented and it's something that Hollywood needs to work on. Uh, a lot of stars, people who won and people who presented um, made a note of the fact that there was a lack of color, you know, as, as it typically is. So, you know, that's that's um, something that, that needs to change. Uh, shout out to them for, for bringing that uh, to the forefront. Um, Saturday night, 
uh, D'Angelo did his verses. And I don't know if uh, Nikki, you keep up with any of the verses stuff. I know you say you don't. I'm just messing with you. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know the verses battles has been an uh, interesting thing during the pandemic. It's something that was started by Timberland and Swiss Beats, and it was just like uh, they would bring two icons together and have them play music. And um, last night it was actually supposed to be um, D'Angelo versus Maxwell. But uh, for some reason, Maxwell didn't do it. I don't know why. If anybody know why he didn't do it, hit me on, um, you know, on the uh, on the Facebook here and just uh, let me know why he didn't show up. But it wound up being a pretty good show. You know, D'Angelo is pretty dope, uh, a pretty dope artist. He did a lot of his hits. He did like D'Angelo and Friends. So he had some people come through, Red Man and Method Man. He had DJ Scratch and a couple of other folks that he's done. Uh, amazing music with um he basically did a concert and, and it was pretty cool the verses um you know i know the draw of the verses for a lot of people is their favorite artists going head to head so that aspect of it wasn't there and i felt like it kind of missed it but you know uh d'angelo's a pretty good performer so he did his thing uh, a lot of people were talking about the fact that he had a, um, a full-length fur coat on uh the whole time and so uh that was interesting but, uh, you know, <laughs> shout out to D'Angelo. <laughs> so um, uh, as you guys can see, I've shaved the beard. I'm done shooting my scenes for uh, the short film Frozen Yogurt. Uh, we did uh, some of the scenes yesterday. We shot some stuff yesterday and we got an opportunity. The reason I'm bringing it up is because we got an opportunity to shoot some scenes in Ben's Chili Bowl, uh, which is a historic, you know, establishment in D.C. And uh while we were there, we got the opportunity to talk to uh, Virginia Ali, who is the wife of Ben Ali. And um, she told us a lot of interesting stuff. She's 84 years old. This amazing lady is still, you know, the owner. Uh, she's the, because her husband passed away um, in uh, 2009. Uh, now she's the sole owner of the business and still walks. And she's like a star now. Like people want to take pictures with her and get autographs and stuff. It was amazing. But we had some really good conversations with her. Um, she talked about how her and her husband, it was always their business. They started it together in 1958. Uh, it was a great conversation we had with her. She talked about how she sat in the same booth years ago and talked with uh, Martin Luther King. And in that same booth years later, she sat and talked wow. with Barack Obama. And so just the contrast of the times and the people who were there. And between that, just a myriad of, uh, of famous people, celebrities, and then regular people, because she talks to everybody. Like, she was talking to us, you know, uh, and, and made us feel like we were famous. You know, like, it was just, it's a, she's such a sweet lady and a, and a, a walking history book. Like, just uh, so much knowledge, so much focus, and still in the kitchen, cooking and doing stuff. I'm like, man, you got, you got, uh, you know, employees, go sit down somewhere. But no, she's still doing her thing. And a genius marketer too. Like people would come in and while we were there, we were there for maybe like uh, four, four to five hours shooting, just shooting scenes, doing stuff. And people would come in and, you know, want to talk to her and want to get pictures with her. And every time she would take a picture. She'd be like, oh, no, not here. Let's go over here right under the sign. Make sure you get the sign now. When you post it, make sure you post the Ben's Chili Bowl sign. Just like making sure that she gets the recognition that the, the establishment gets the recognition. So it was just dope, man. If you get a chance to go to Ben's Chili Bowl and you see Miss Virginia Ali walking around, man, just talk to her. Man, she's dope. She's an amazing lady. And it was great. Like we were there for shooting, but that was like the highlight of that experience for me was just having the chance to converse with this amazing woman who's seen so much 
throughout history to come, you know, to uh, start that business in 1958 and be like, um, uh, a cornerstone of the community for that long and have the amount of business that they have and be good to the point that, you know, they didn't really, you know, everybody had their issues throughout the pandemic, but they didn't really struggle as much just because they have a, fa a sound uh, 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 customer base and they really kept them going. And it's, it, was, it was just a dope experience, man. If you get the chance to go say what's up to Miss Virginia, tell her, tell her Super Dave sent you. They ain't, ain't going to get nothing free or anything, but just tell her, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that was it was amazing, man. I can't I can't say enough about um uh that amazing lady. Another thing that um came out of that, I was having conversations. A lot of the people who are working on this film with us are um college students, the people from Howard. And um, you know, we have that shared thing because I went to HU, HU, you know, but uh so we were talking, I was talking to them, and it's just interesting how through general, gener, hold on, wait a minute, generationally, there it is, huh? There are a few shared experiences that people of color all have. And so just talking to them about getting into college, and one of the young men, uh, the cinematographer, is from, um, oh man, where is he from? Anyway, it's not important. He's, uh, he was uh, went through the situation of being one of the only black kids in his uh, college when he got to, when he first went to a, uh, um, a larger university before he transferred to Howard. And he was just talking about the, the interesting contrast of, you know, that experience to being at Howard, like how when he was there, it was almost like if you've ever seen Everybody Hates Chris and he's the mm -hmm. only black person. And so every time something happened, they'd be like, well, how, what is it like growing up? In the uh, in the ghetto, you know, and things, and but really having to go through this and really looking at it like this is this is racism happening to me right now. Oh my goodness, you know. And so it's just interesting because, um, you know, for the most part, a lot of us have experienced that, uh, you know, being the only black person or person of color, and so people not knowing really how to address it or thinking that we're all, you know, um, the same. And so you know, so how do all black people feel about? I don't know. I'm just me. You know, and so it was just interesting seeing because they're like from a younger generation, but it's still that shared experience. We all have it. I'm, you know, 40 and uh, they were like, you know, 20, early 20s. Um, I think the youngest was like a 19. And uh, it was just interesting uh, that we have all these shared experiences. It really became uh, the age difference really became evident when they start talking about music and the, the young boy this and the little that. And I'm like, I don't, you know, y'all don't listen to DMX so yeah. <laughs> And they say it was old school, so it made me feel uh, old. But anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about too many uh, current events because I do want to talk to uh, our guest today. I'm excited to converse with her about, um, first of all, her her life and, and, and acquiring, you know, all the success that she has acquired, but also getting some tips and um, ideas about um, this financial situation right now. A lot of stuff is going on. So um, without further ado, we're going to get into it. Nikki, Nikia. Nikia. Nike. Okay, and you say Nike. And now I know it's you Nike. Why. Yeah, Nike. That's right. Yeah, that's dope. I always yeah. think about the Black Panther, Nikea. Nikea. Yeah, I, yeah, Nike. yeah. I have, uh, she, that was a, she was a Black Panther, Nikea? Yes. Oh, okay. that, that was her name, his, uh, his girl. It was Nikea. Oh, look at that. All right. Uh -huh. no, I'm just, I know. <laughs> Everybody's seen Black Panther. But, uh, but yeah, that's dope. That's dope, though. Yeah, you shared a name. So I want to talk to you first about, um, so, you know, I always, when I start my interviews, I always try to take it back to um, 
to when you were younger. Okay. You, were, you know, and then people would ask you um, as a little girl, when people would ask young Nikea what she wanted to be when she grows up, do you remember what she would say? If you don't, it's fine. But if you do, do you remember what you would yeah, say? Yeah, when I was little, to be honest with you guys, I wanted to be in the military. Yeah. Um, my whole thing was going into the military. I wanted to be in the Air Force and fly. So oh, that's, that's cool. all I wanted to do was to fly. <laughs> Yeah. As I got older, I started, you know, trying to identify with the high paying um, positions of a lawyer. Um, I thought about being a doctor once. Um, so it changed throughout my life. Okay. Okay. But, but you started out wanting to, do you remember uh, what it was that attracted you to, to uh, flying or to being in the military? Yeah, honest with you, I just felt like they were the most invincible people. And I felt like to be to be able to fly was to be free. I could go anywhere, do anything I wanted to do. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I did. That's kind of what prompted me to want to go that route. Cool, cool. Yeah. So, um, so uh, was it, uh, you said that um, after that, you started looking into more high paying. So was it just the, fi the finances that moved you into the financial realm? Or, you know, did you go through any, any other positions okay. before that? Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. I can give you a little scoop on that. Actually, ideally, no, I didn't think I was ever going to end up in this route. And ironically, I remember when I went to um, the real HU, Hampton University. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, go ahead. All right. I'll let you have it. Just because you're awesome, I'm gonna give you that. I don't use okay, it. Right. We have a fight, but you're doing your thing, so you can have that. That's one right. You don't let it happen me. again. But go ahead. <laughs> but you know so I can represent my HU. I know. I know. Right. Um. So actually, when I remember when I first went to college, I kind of didn't have really a clue what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. but I knew that in order for me to be able to be successful, there was two things I needed to understand, and that was money and power. So when I went to college, I majored, I double majored in politics, political science, and economics. Um, when I got out of college, I was trying to go to law school thinking, hey, I was going to be a lawyer, wanting to change the, the laws of the land and, you know, fight for all the people who have had injustices done to them. I came home and I started working. You know, it wasn't everything that I thought it was going to be at first. I had to get a regular job. Right, right. <laughs> working in corporate America. And uh, I started realizing my degrees only meant that I was teachable at the time. Mm -hmm. And so um, mm -hmm. I started off in entry level positions as an administrative assistant um, and kind of built my way up as an office manager, still just not being treated and given the respect that I felt that I deserved or that I had earned. Because for me, graduating from college on um, um, my family side, I was the first one to complete a four-year degree, let, let alone start a family legacy. <laughs> oh, right, and, right, right. Um, you know, I just wanted more. Uh, I really did. I wanted more. And, you know, I felt that, well, hey, if I, if I stick to my guns and continue my education, I start pursuing my master's, you know, I'll be able to get into better law schools and things of that nature. So I was on this trajectory for law for the longest time. And okay. I, I focused my master's on contract writing because here in Washington, D.C., Everything yep, yep. is contract and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I really, I had a pivotal point in my life when I lost the very first person um, that really meant a lot to me. That was my grandmother. Mm -hmm. um, and she died and her life insurance that she had 
wasn't actually in place. So that's where it began for me, um, getting into the financial services industry. Um, really, it was heartfelt because I didn't want people to experience what my family had experienced going through that process, learning about how the government's $255 benefit, which still doesn't exist today, right, <laughs> like yeah. it's ridiculous, yeah. you know, you know, you have to actually qualify for it. And she didn't qualify. Wow. Um, so needless to say, I started working in different insurance company as a side hustle, mm -hmm. really, um, to my full-time job. And um, let's say for, fast forward 2013, I decided to go uh, all the way in, all the way in and, and just live a life by uh, faith. Um, and it really resulted from the 2008 2008 crash that we had, recession mm -hmm. that we had. I was on a team working as an admin, the last one in. So I was the first one out. And for me, it opened my eyes at a very early age that job security isn't in the W-2 realm. You know, at any point in time, they can change your life like this. And that's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> that's also when I started building my first business um, to start generating, um, you know, um, cash flow. Yeah. Uh, independent from the W-2 sector. That's the K&N Management Solutions. So I started uh, marketing myself, mm -hmm. um, you know, as a portable office manager, so to speak. So, oh, okay. yeah. So once I got 2013, I was looking for more opportunities in bed and just happened to stumble into uh, the big world of the New York life industry. And okay. so I started with them, got licensed through them, got flown around the world, got all kinds of awards you guys see behind me. Um, and then I decided to um, become independent so that way I could really do what I always wanted to do, which was to help people create generational wealth and not have to spoon feed them what someone told me I had to tell them. Hmm. Um, and, and I think I feel like, especially um, in my environment, growing up with people like me, um, who, who really didn't come from anything, right? How can I actually help them if they don't have any money? And that's kind of like what everyone talks about constantly. Like, mm -hmm. what do you do? You know, if you have money, great. We can move money. We can show you how to keep that money and grow it and things of that nature. But when you don't have any money, um, that's a, that's a harder, uh, beast to fight. And so, um, I just started developing. So I have my own uh, company, the cat, the, the nation's captain capital. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I am that captain capital. So if you guys would love to take a journey with me and learn more about how I can help, um, you know, advise you guys individually, uh, feel free to reach out to me, uh, by email. I don't know if you're going to send that out to your folks or how you guys yeah, do yeah, that. I'll, I'll post it and I'll get you to, uh, you know, give a couple of different ways that they can reach you. Um, toward the end of the interview. You said a few things I want to touch on before you go, go any further. Um, uh, you said that, uh, what did you say? Wait a minute, I took some notes. I was taking notes while you were talking so I could make sure I didn't um, forget. We've talked a lot on this show about um, uh, things that put your life on a certain trajectory and how um, things like loss, um, whether it's uh, through someone passing or through just... Um, you know, the loss of a relationship, a breakup, things like that can really give you perspective, can, you know, sit you down and get you to think about your life's, um, your life's trajectory and how, where it is and where you want it to be. And so uh, you mentioned that, you know, the loss of your grandmother was what kind of put you on the, uh, the track uh, to where you are now and seeing uh, her, fi the financial situation that was left for her kind of gave you that motivation. Um, 
Uh, that's such an interesting uh, uh, way to, or such an interesting catalyst into what you became. Just, it's so interesting. I always say when people see a need that they have and then they figure out how to fill it, it's a certain type of person that says other people have this need and I should provide that service. And it's not only because you're not only just you're not doing it selfishly, you're not just doing it to benefit yourself, but you're actually helping other people. And so right. in that vein, I always say people who do that are like superheroes. So uh, uh, on behalf of all of the people that you've done it for and will do it for, first of all, thank you for taking that, for making that your journey. Um, so but uh, just seeing the situation, like you said, that was left behind. Um, I, it, uh, 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 I'm speechless. You're so wonderful. No, but uh, <laughs> it left you in a position to want to uh, start doing financial management. Um, were there any specific steps that you took um, to, first of all, rectify the situation with your with your grandmother's estate and all of that? Like, if anybody's going through that situation, like, what would you recommend that they do? They find out, oh, we only getting $250 from the government. You know, is there anything that they can do? Um, besides, I see a lot of people doing and they say I'm the king of run-on sentences and questions, so it's a question coming. Just give me a second. But I, <laughs> I see a lot of people doing GoFundMe and stuff yeah. like that. Um, would you recommend that, or what steps would you recommend that they take? That's the question. Boom. No, so to be honest with you, um, if you come to that point mm-hmm. and you have not prepared and right. planned, yeah, you're kind of at the mercy of you're really at the mercy and the will of those around you to help contribute because outside of that $255 death benefit, there isn't a catalyst that you can actually go and utilize. And it's, and it's so daunting and sad because as the body stay in the morgue, it costs, Mm -hmm. it becomes an expense. Um, And it's so hard to already lose a loved one, but then to have to deal with the financial ramifications uh, that come along with it. Um, make that process even harder. Um, The best piece of advice I can give for people is if you haven't planned, you need to plan now, Uh, especially now. And I can't stress this more important, especially now. I mean, many of us put off this um, period where we're planning because we're thinking, oh, we always have another day. There's always another tomorrow. Uh, In the light of the last year, we all, no matter how old or young, fit, unhealthy we are, are all subjected to illness that could change our life in a second. And so we don't really have that same luxury of, oh, I'm going to wait till tomorrow. I'm going to put this off for another five years. Oh, it doesn't apply to me. Oh, I don't need it. You know, um, the biggest thing I would say, the most important thing beyond management is just financial literacy. Okay. I think especially in our community, and I'm speaking specifically about the black community, it is so important for us to understand how money can work for us. We have been trained into a system where we work for money constantly. We let time run our, run us day in and day out, you know, and we need to get on the other side of that and start telling time what it is. Um, and start learning about how to use money the correct way and beyond all else, stop being afraid. I think often we are so afraid to ask for help because we think it's a sign of weakness. But if we don't start working together and we don't start spreading information to the next generation about financial 
literacy, then we're going to continue the same perpetual cycle that we've been in. You know, um, it's so true for me. It's like, unless the job means more than a pay, then the job will pay no more. And that is very true. Like you have to get out of that. Oh, what is the job going to pay mentality, you know, and start um, shifting your gears on, you know, having more meaning behind what it is that you're doing. So I, let me not ramble, ramble on because no, 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 I can good. go on for an hour. Yeah, that's, that's my job. I'm the rambler here. But, uh, <laughs> but um, before we go any further, I don't want to gloss over the fact that you said you were the first uh, in your family to complete the four year uh, a four year program um, at a university. Congratulations. That's an amazing honor. Um, it's, it's something that people uh, after you can uh, strive to achieve, can, can you know, look at as, as goals. And, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And even if they don't make it, they can always point to you as somebody who was able to attain it. And so, and so that's dope. And so I just wanted to say that about you. Um, Thank you. So I always tell people a lot of a lot of the reason that I bring people on here is because I admire them, whether it's business acumen or, you know, just their life skills and things like that. So I'm going to shower you with a whole bunch of praise. So be ready for <laughs> that. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, uh, along with the questions that I'm going to ask you, um, you also talk about doing like a, a double major that um like I'm struggling with a single major. What <laughs> like uh, was it difficult? Did you find it hard or was it easy because you were doing what you wanted to do? No, I definitely, it was definitely hard. Uh, it was definitely, definitely hard. I'm not going to say that to the least. Um, but I knew that I had to understand both um, power and money. Um, so a lot of my willpower and my drive came from my mother um, early on in life. And she was Oh my gosh, she was insane about the concept of education. All she knew is that if we got an education, we will be able to break free, right? And so when I got to college, like I said, I wanted to go into the military. So since I didn't get in the military, I said, okay, I'm going to go here. Actually, I was supposed to go to Norfolk State. Uh, And so I got into Hampton and I was like, okay, I'm going to go here. They they accepted me. Let me go see it. And so I'm so thankful for the transformation uh, that it that it gave me in my life and the education it provided me, but it was very difficult. Um, one, this, the discipline in itself, you know, you know, having to manage your your workload. Um, also, I worked, I worked as well when I was in college. I worked, I worked during the summertime. I attended school uh, late, and so I had to catch up. I clapped and I worked. I went to summer school during the summertime. I was very determined uh, to go ahead and actually graduate. So I actually graduated technically a semester early, um, wow. but in all reality, I graduated with my class. And so um, I'm a quintessent QT7. If anybody out there is from the HU world, hey. Um, you say, hold on, you say you're a quintessent? A, a quintessent, yeah. Yeah. A quintessent? So that means it was five of y'all that was born at the No, I'm just playing. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What is the quintessent? Would you it's say? like the ray above the sun that's rising. You know, the rising of the sun, the quintessent. Um, oh, okay. and so it's just the class that I graduated with. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah, that's all. all right. But yeah, it was challenging. Um, I mean, it was definitely challenging. Um, since me, my brother. Um, now, when I say family, I mean on my mother's side of the family. My yeah. father's side of the family, they're very much uh, what I consider the black elite. Uh, everyone's highly educated. Uh, my mother's side, we weren't. We were not. Um, we were rough around the edges. 
I was born in Chicago. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> yeah, I saw that in your bio, and I was like, no, she wasn't, but you were. I, right? you were born in I Chicago. was from the Chirac. Chirac town. Yeah. yeah. What do you? <laughs> I lived in a very different lifestyle, very rough a lifestyle. Um, I mean, just being transparent, like, you know, respect and honor meant more than hugs and kisses in our house. Mm. And so I grew up really tough uh, at an early age. And so that just, you know, that crossed over when I went into college, you know, uh, for me, I just wanted to prove that, you know, I could do it, that I'm just as good as my counterparts. And I remember I used to tell myself all the time, you know, there's no reason why I can't have this house or have that car. There's nothing different between me and them. Right. And that helped a lot. That helped a lot just with the self-confidence of continuing to, to push forward because it was hard. It was different, a big culture shock for me going into college. I didn't come from money, especially going to the college I went to. I mean, I was went to school with a lot of celebrities, uh, children. I mean, these kids had Porsches, Prada yeah. bags, high heels at seven o'clock in the morning. I'm just like, what? <laughs> you know, so uh, yeah, the double doubling in my major was difficult. But um, when you have purpose behind what you're doing, um, you find ways to get through it. That's dope. So um, I want to talk now a little bit about the transition from uh, from working, um, I think you called it from uh, working like the W-2 yeah. uh, world into um, uh, having your own company and things like that. You started uh, K&N Management. How long ago, what year did you start K&N Management? Okay, so I started doing, okay, let's go back down memory lane a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I want to say it was 2011, no, 2012. Okay. It was 2012. I started k and Management, and then I got it LLC'd in 2015. So I started off as a sole proprietor, uh, and then I eventually got myself uh, underneath the Limited Liability Corporation and things of that nature. And I, yeah, so um, just like I said, I always like to try to give kind of a blueprint. There's people looking to do things and not sure how to, how to start it. So uh, the first thing I'm going to ask is from inception, from the idea of it, to actually having a business up and running. About how long did that process take? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, actually it takes to, to actually get it started and have it running could take you maybe two weeks, the 30 days. And um, okay. to be honest with you, the, the paperwork you can do in a day. You can do maybe two, maybe let's say give yourself modestly five days to be conservative just to do the paperwork stuff. It's really turnkey. Um, the thing that helped me a lot, and one thing that I would encourage to most people is to invest in yourself, work with people that have already have a proven track record, that have done these things, that are successful, because it helps curb, um, you know, all the errors that you, that you would make on your own. I was very blessed um, to have a mentor who is still a great friend. Uh, her name is Alicia Currents. Shout out to her. I love her very much. Um, she actually was a CFO at a nonprofit I was working for when I was an office manager. And she basically took me underneath her wing and she was like, you know, I was just floored because it was the first time I seen a C-level position as a 1099, meaning she was okay. contracted okay. <laughs> instead of a W-2. And so I, I renegotiated my position and increased my hourly pay by $20. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, and to save the company money as well, when I got the bill on and what the staffing agency was paying the company for my, I was like, hold on, wait a minute. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I'm getting paid $52. I'm getting paid 20 something. I'm right here. I'm doing all the yeah, work. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So so it, yeah. Right. So I just, you know, to apply for an EIN number is a very simple process. It takes literally five minutes to do. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that when you don't know how to do something, it gets confusing and overwhelming, Yeah, you know? And yeah. so one of the things I always tell people is write down on a piece of paper, right? What it is that you want to do. What are the things that you want to do? Right. And this is a simple, easy uh, trick that any person can do right now. I'm going to leave you guys with something that you guys can actually walk away with and do mm-hmm. write down everything that it is that you want to do, what you think you would need to do in order to start a business and write it down. Right. Once you're done writing it down, I want you to go through that list and I want you to identify the top 12 things that you think are the most important and circle them, number one through 12, right? Once you've done that, then I want you to go look and say, okay, what are the top three things that I need to do right now? And you go identify them. Once you've done that, look at those three things and say, what is the one thing I should do first? That one thing that you should do first, you should focus on it for 30 days. And once you've accomplished it, go back to two and three and, re- and then repeat the cycle over with the rest of the nine, then to the six and down to your bottom three. That right there is your plan. Yeah. And so sometimes people get too bogged out and, oh, I got to make this big, huge business plan. I need this big, huge vision. I got to write this out first. I need to go get this website. I need to know you need to take action. Mm-hmm. The first thing you need to do is take action. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you the truth. There are people out here who make million dollars selling pencils all day long to the government. Mm-hmm. To people out here who are coaching like myself, I am the master key coach and you know can help you with self-mastery. But there's mm-hmm. there are people who get paid for talking. There's get people who cut grass for a living. There's people who have, you know, I mean, hats they sell. There's a million things that you can do. You can make money doing anything, but you got to find that one thing that resonates with you. And then see, find out how you can start cultivating it to bring in income. Okay. Yeah, that's great advice. And um, something that you said touches on something that I say often here. And it's something that I learned doing um, first music myself and then managing artists. Um, I learned, uh, or I, I would tell them all the time, and any artist that I come in contact with, um, a lot of them are uh, scared. One of the reasons that I do this segment is to help people give them information you know, to uh, fill that space that's usually filled with fear with information to overcome the fear um, and get them motivated. And one of the main things that I always tell people is stop waiting. Like you said, action is so key. It's there are people who are doing more than you are right now with less than you have right now, you know, and there are people who die waiting for the right moment to do what it is they want to do. So that action is so imperative. I'm so glad you said that. Um, uh, You mentioned a few things again that I like to touch on, um, uh, the, the, you're a master key, um, coach coach. Yes. Uh, so, um, coaching is, um, it's like, it's like, um, a side business for you or it's one of the main things that you do. And, uh, you know, how did you get into coaching? Yeah. So great question. So, the, so coaching is what I love to do. It's okay. my absolutely favorite thing of everything. Okay. Um, you know, once I have, everything in full stream um and i've delegated all the tasks i need to coaching is going to be my be all end all um but i started coaching oh let me see i want to say back in 2016 
I started coaching. And so the master key is a DBA underneath KN Management Solutions LLC. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have a wonderful mentor. I've, I've seen the positive effects of my mentors in my life. And I have mentors in every area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, we all have to invest in ourselves because nobody else is going to invest in us. Right. You know, and so um, for me, I started learning, especially in the industry, um, that it's more to just putting your money in different buckets, right? You know, the tax now, tax later, tax never. There's only three buckets where you can put your money, right? There's more to it than just that, right? It has to do with your mindset, has to do with your habits, it has to do with, you know, your energy level, it has to do with your water consumption. I mean, all these things tie together uh, with a per- whether or not a person is really going to be successful, no matter what it is, you know? And so I got into coaching because I started realizing, especially in our community, it was more than just the fact of them not knowing they needed to understand processes of how to actually get there, yeah. right? And they needed someone that could care enough and have patience for them. And yeah. so that's how I started developing um, my coaching. So that way I can help people in areas outside of this knit box, you know, right. you know, of assets and liabilities, you know, stocks and bonds and uh, life insurance and, you know, um, income protection, stuff like that, right? Right, right. To really help them. Well, if they only are making X amount of dollars, this is the only thing they can do. You right. know, how do we get them to the next point? And right. so that was for me, how can I get them to the next point? And so creating a coaching uh, practice is how I started helping people get to the next point, uh, helping people, um, you know, get themselves in position um, because of the trainings that I have an experience, I used to, I used to do a lot of sponsorship, contract writing, uh, grant writing. And so I was able to utilize my skills, um, be compensated for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also help other people, um, build businesses. I've built so many businesses. Um, I've done lots of events, um, uh, with, uh, 93.9 back to school events with apple tree and donated to the community and things like that. Um, but I always sponsor a company that I'm working with to put them out there, you know? Um, so yeah, those, that's pretty much the basis for that. Yeah. For the the coaching. Yeah. For the coaching. Yeah. So, um, you talked uh, about having, um, mentors and also being a mentor through the coaching and how pivotal, uh, having somebody who, uh, has the experience and the knowledge is to, to impart it upon you. What's some of the best business advice you've ever gotten? Oh, wow. I would say some of the best business advice I have to say is to always um, make sure that you um, take care of yourself first. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. I know you're probably like, what? It's so funny because people neglect themselves so much. And if you don't have a healthy mental aptitude, no matter what you're doing, it's not going to succeed. Another big, another good point was don't, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You do not need to reinvent the wheel. Stop overthinking. You know, if there are things you're confused about, get somebody that knows how to do it, get underneath them, shadow them. Um, I also learned that a hundred percent of zero is a (laughs) hundred, right? So be willing to share, be willing to work, um, be willing to serve first. If you, if you seek with service first, 
no matter what it is you're doing, you are you are going to succeed. But if you're seek you're seeking to be served first, no, yeah. you, you're going to find a lot of issues if you allow greed to overtake your caution. So, mm-hmm. uh, I would just say one most important thing I would say is that you have to do something that you love, and um, look focus on your talents, on your strengths. I think too often people are trying to put themselves into what they think will work based off of what society or someone else says, right? But when you have a passion, when you have thoughts, those things are only given to you, right? When you have strengths that you're only good at, focus on those strengths. Don't focus on your weaknesses, focus on your strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, and the areas that you're you're not really aware of or don't know too much about, you can always find people, pay people to, to handle those services for you. So uh, get in tune with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would say, well, the last thing I would say is don't be afraid to fail. Oh my God. This is, I think probably the most important thing ever. Um, don't be afraid to fail. Like don't be afraid to step out there and try something new. You have to get out of your comfort zone, you know, and if you hurry up and fail now, you get it wrong. Listen, I always say, God, please, if I fall, let me fall on my back so I can open my eyes and get up. Right. Because once you've learned how to do something wrong, now you can take it and learn all the pieces to go and do the things the correct way. So get over that sense of failure. We all fall. I have fallen. Get back up, fall again and get back up. It's just it's a cycle. You got to keep pushing. Definitely. A wise man once said it's not how many times you fall, but how many times you get back up. Um, that determines your your level of success. Um, that's great advice. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, I, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, I know that uh, the pandemic has affected a lot of businesses, um, um, some not so much as others. Uh, what kind of effect has it had on your, on your businesses, on your ability to do business with clients and things of that nature? Um, I will tell you this. Uh, I'm a big proponent of, before I answer this question, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm taking it to a left a little bit, but it's important. No, that's, cool. that's what we do here. Go left. Okay, good, good, good. I would say, uh, and this is, you know, Confucius. I love Confucius. I'm a big Confucius girl. Uh, well, uh, philosophy, period. But the man that says he can and the man that says he can't are both correct. Exactly. And I say that to say, yeah. during this COVID, there's a lot of people who are saying what they cannot do. And there are people that are looking at this as an opportunity of what they can do, right? Um, however, you know, you know, it has been a, it has been very difficult for everybody in every industry, right? Um, just with the nature of being home. And if you have children, you know, having your children at home, and I have two, um, I have two children. And uh, it's been it's been challenging. And I would say, you know, did it affect my business in some areas? It affected my business, especially on the coaching, because you have people who no longer have um, capital to be able to invest in coaching. You know, when they are now facing the, the reality that they can't afford their mortgage and they can't, you know, pay their bills. You know, and so those some certain areas things you know um dwindled but in some areas my uh practices bloomed mm-hmm. uh actually two years ago uh i created another company and to be honest with you it's because of being in the financial industry and also good advice from my a really good friend of mine just kind of point me to a direction like that i was missing the boat that mm-hmm. i'm not getting the whole picture and i started realizing especially when i had clients coming in you know who had 
large sums of money and they weren't the typical C-level positions or corporate, you know, co- corporate business owners and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were at, they were at real estate investors. And I said, okay, well, let me take a, you know, let me, you know, learn a little bit about this other side of the coin of investing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, two years ago, a Christmas gift to myself was uh, JJ and Associates. LLC, which is my escort, which is pretty much my umbrella now for all of my babies. All of my companies are kind of under the umbrella uh, to a certain degree. But I uh, birthed this company and this company has been doing exceptionally well. Actually, I've done very well during the COVID um, considering all things uh, that are that are um, that are trending. And I believe it's just because of the fact that I don't want to see anything else but growth. And when I say that, like, I mean, literally focusing on what it is that I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Um, For me, I'm big about legacy building. Um, JJ and Associates, the company is for my son and K&N Management Solutions LLC is the company for my daughter. Um, I was surprised a lot. Um, Once I got into this industry, I became a certified private money broker. so when I get into an industry or a business, I kind of piece it apart. I'm very analytical. You know, what are the different ways that you can get paid on one deal? So I'm big on verticals, mm-hmm. um, on finding how to bring in income streams in multiple areas. Because when one shuts down, you have to have another opportunity that's open. Yeah. Um, and so that industry has been has been doing has been going very well. I'm, I'm super excited because the growth that I have is just wonderful in this year. I have uh, four people that work with me in the, in the um, you know, heart of the recession. And many people don't know my mother also passed at the beginning of the recession, um, beginning of the COVID. So mm-hmm. my mother passing, COVID here, kids at home, I was still able to grow a substantial uh, business and have properties. And so um, I'm super excited about this journey, um, like the dominion that we're getting ready to uh, have. Um, this new season and how we as more African-Americans start to come together and share information will really be able to grow and change the the trajectory, excuse me, of the future for, you know, our children. So I'm super excited about that. Anybody out there that I also have a a training program. I have an inner, I've created an inner circle, JJ's inner circle, um, where people come out, come on board. I teach them how to become financial advisors and then I fund their first deal hundred percent. Uh, it is a tuition-based, um, um, opportunity, you know, um, but you have to, you have to invest in yourself. If you don't have any skin in the game, there's nothing that's going to push you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, a few times you, uh, you mentioned your little ones. You have a uh, son and a daughter, right? Yeah, yeah, right there. I don't know if you guys can see them. Kalani oh, yeah, and Jeremiah. Yeah. And you talked about you um talked about legacy building and, and having something to leave for them. But how important is it to you that they see you um, you know, uh, not just your successes, but also like you say, uh, you know, your failures and your your obstacles and things like that and you getting back up after it. Uh, how important is it that they see you continue to persevere through all of the things that you go through? 
Yeah, I think excellent question. I think that's, um, to be honest with you, is extremely important. It's more important than just, you know, having a spoon, right? That's what mm -hmm. they call this, you know, you're passing it down a silver spoon, yeah. um, which is ironic because technically speaking, that is the CVLI, the cash value life insurance. A lot of people have no clue that it's actually a living benefit. Mm -hmm. um, not the wealthy been using it for years and decades. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's important that children see what their parents are going through and which is very taboo from growing up where they say, you know, your child stay in a child's place, right? Don't talk to your children. What do, what do people used to say? Um, be heard, seen and not heard. You know, that's a lot of the old school uh, dogums that, you know, that, that, you know, from our generation and above. Right. Yeah. And so with my children, um, one, they are homeschool. My kids are homeschool. Um, some people that know, you know, if you, you know, I have went through a big, a big, big, big fight um, here in Washington, D.C., just on justice and how, you know, things should be done um, bureaucratically within the charter system. And that's still something that I'm uh, fighting for. I am an advocate um, for uh, AJE, Advocates for Justice Education. I'm a parent ambassador for Capitol Hill. So mm -hmm. I do do things like that um, pro bonally. Um, big, big, big advocate on education. But long story short, I think it's important, very important that your that your children know how hard and when you do fall, like, you know, what happens, you know, um, so that way they can understand that in life, they're going to have, they're going to have hiccups that's going to occur even with having a business that's passed down or not having a business that passed down regardless of anything there is work that's going to come into play there is going to be obstacles there could be people that are just not going to like you they're going to be dishonest um i have definitely had my fair share of things in this industry mm -hmm. um being an african-american woman um that people will deliberately try to knock you off um, especially they feel like you're becoming way too powerful. And, you know, these things that, you know, my children, they see the faults. They've seen, you know, when we lost things and we were homeless, mm -hmm. you know, and we were in hotels mm -hmm. and, you know, we're like, well, hold on, wait a second. How can you be a financial advisor and you go through these issues? Well, I had six months of reserves um, set aside, but then, you know, what? once you go through those reserves, we live in a very inflated society. Uh, consumption is, 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 crazy <laughs> when you think about the cost of things they see these things but they also see the grit they also see you know mom staying up late hours and you know we also talk to my children about uh, what it is that I do I explain to them about the difference between consumers being a consumer and investor uh, my child is eight years old and she just created her first website logo for her online boutique that she did all by herself I was totally shocked and blown away. So I would say to say to parents that children are watching you constantly, right. constantly understand that education first starts at home. You know, if you want to change the trajectory of the things that have happened in your family, in your life, start educating the ones that are around you that are willing to listen. Cause not everybody's going to want to listen and don't, right. Right. don't waste your time on people that don't want to listen. Right. But with your children, you have the biggest influence, you know, mm -hmm. and they watch everything. They watch the tears, they watch the, you know, the shouts, you know, when you're excited, you know, they, they see it. Um, and the more that you bring them involved and bring them into your companies, like my, both of my children are also employed in my company and well, soon to be their company, um, mm -hmm. but they're employed. So they have tasks that they do um, within a company and helps them feel like that they're part of the team, you mm -hmm. know, instead of just, instead of just, oh, 
big mama wolf telling everybody what to do, they feel like they're part of the team and that, that they're very important, which it helps boost their confidence, uh, which I think is very important that us parents need to start believing in our children, letting our children know at home that you can be anything and everything that you say, regardless of where you've come from. It doesn't matter what hand you're dealt. You play your hand the best way that you can and grace is going to lead you the rest of the way. So um, that's strong. Yeah. Play your hand as, as best as you can and grace will lead you the rest of the way. That's deep. That's deep. I like that. I'm stealing that officially. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so, <laughs> So um, let's, let's start talking about uh, the financial aspect. There's a lot of things going on. Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you too. This ain't even on the list, but a lot of stuff was happening recently in the news about the stock market and this whole short sale situation with the GameStop and all that. Oh, yeah. um, did you follow it? What was your take on that situation? And well, let's start with that. First of all, did you, did you follow any of that? And what was your, what, what was your opinion of the situation? My opinion was, why didn't I invest in GameStop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my opinion. But also my next opinion, this is my personal opinion, is what's going on with these other uh, gaming companies? Mm -hmm. What are new gaming companies? So I've been looking into different gaming companies, companies that came out. Uh, there are, you know, virtual setting platforms and things of that nature. So it really sparked my interest. I mean, the overall be all about it. I'm not surprised it happened. I mean, we're all in a, we're all in a virtual capacity. I mean, mm -hmm. to be honest with you, like I said, I wish I would have, I don't know why I didn't. I wasn't thinking. I was focused so much on real estate. I wasn't thinking. Um, miss out on, but you know, it's uh... Yeah. But, but the whole you know, short it's, sale thing is so volatile, right? Like that. Yeah. That is, is such a because, Randy, you know, uh, when this all happened, you know me, I'm not like I've looked into stocks uh, before and um, didn't really look into it that deeply. But then when this whole thing happened, I started uh, took like the stuff that I did know and then started reading up on short sales and what they were and uh, how what happened and how you know the short squeeze happened and the people had to you know. The, the price wind up going up. And so instead of being able to sell, to buy back the stocks at the lower price and get the profit, they had to um, buy them back at a higher price. So they lost a lot of money and different things like that. It's so many little intricate moving pieces in there. That's uh, confusing. Um, would, do you recommend people invest in the stock market uh, start investing in the stock market. What's your take on that? Or <laughs> wait a minute. Well, not personally recommend people invest in the stock market, but you personally, would you? Uh, okay. In the stock market? That's a, there you go. So yeah. personally, okay. Yeah. I will say this much to you, right? And I'm going to be very honest and transparent. Okay. Oh. Because I'm going to shoot it to you straight. First things is first. People need to first make sure that their lives are protected and their incomes are protected and they have cash reserves first. Right. So if you don't have those three things in order, if your financial foundation is not set, just the foundation, if that set is not set, then you shouldn't be doing nothing else. And oh. that's the honest to God truth, okay? Now let's say hurt. folks have their foundation set, they have protections across how they need to have them in place and they have cash reserves and they want to start investing into the market, I would strongly consider that you start looking into like income rich stocks. Mm. Okay. Income rich stocks is something I would, I would recommend for people to look into, look into trends. Um, 
and areas that um, we see a lot of growth in right now. Um, one of the things, and this is not uh, something I'm not promoting, I don't get any accolades for, but this is the be all end all, the holy grail to the financial business world is this right here. This is called the Kiplinger letter. <laughs> okay. okay. If you don't have this, please go and get this. This is so important. This is more important than you watching television, okay? So, so let me just real quick. It's so funny. Uh, one of my first real jobs was a telemarketer. And I used to, uh, one of the things that we would do, we would uh, try to get people to subscribe to Kiplinger uh, Finance Magazine. I did it for maybe, well, I didn't, I wasn't really good at it. So I did it for maybe like six months. But that whole time I was trying to get people to subscribe to it and talking about, it, I had no idea what it was. Didn't really care. Oh I was goodness. like, you know, I, I was maybe like 19 or 20 at the time, you know, so I'm just trying to get these sales to get this money. And, you know, I wasn't thinking about it. But, right. uh, but yeah, Kiplinger's, uh, it's just funny. It's about, uh, it just brought right. those memories for me. That's a sign it came back to you. So yeah, please yeah. do. Um, the reason why I say this, right, we don't have enough time to become a master of, of everything. Right. Yeah. It would take a lot of studying to get these securities licenses. And by the way, people out there, you don't have to have any degree or prerequisite to do anything in the financial industry. It's just not at all taught. This is something is a untaught, untold industry in the in the educational realm. Okay. Uh, the only way you learn about financial literacy is by seeking after it or it's being passed down at home. Okay. Right. Um, and so it's very important that we start having more conversations to pass on information. Um, but yeah, the Kiplinger letter, um, I utilize it. I, I, I definitely utilize it all the time. I've been utilizing it for years. It's pretty dead on. Um, and it will give you, it will give you a whole entire global view not just uh, here in the United States, which is so important. Um, something I just wanna bring to you guys' attention, right? Because I don't get an opportunity to bring this to people's attention when I am uh, with my financial hat on, right? right? One of the things I wanna bring to you guys' attention that I want to just want you guys to kind of hmm, think about for a second. Um, in 1977, I believe it's 1977, 1971, the United States removed the gold standard from the dollar, okay? So that means our dollar is not backed with anything, okay? Right, right. So when you start thinking about where you want to start investing and the things you want to start doing, you need to look at the value, the financial value of that company, as well as the currency of that country, the commodities, the things that are actually valuable, you know, um, and when you make your decisions. Um, some of the things that I personally have been focused on are, uh, commodities as silver and gold, uh-huh. um, because those are things that are of real value, right. uh, looking into international currencies are some of the things that I've been doing, uh, companies that are focused on gold mining, uh-huh. uh, also listening to some of my mentors and, uh, family friends, uh, who've also been researching some companies that, you know, there's a lot of artificial intelligence um, that we're, that's going to get ready to change the dynamic and how we as people interact. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's coming fast. Mm-hmm. If you guys haven't seen Rise and the robots, you need to look it up. 
Um, but that's another conversation for another day. <laughs> right, right. Right. But, but you, so you need to I know you can't I know you can't give any specifics, but I do want to talk a little bit about the risk involved with um with uh, um, stock markets and, and playing, you know, uh, dealing with the stock market, playing the stock market as they say, quote unquote. But um because that was one of the things that um, when you try to research, like before I, you know, make any endeavors, I'm one of those people who tries to research like therapy. Mm -hmm. And it was, so I noticed that there was very little specific information about um, the negative side of the risk. And so um, speaking to that, like I would read things in their entirety and the most they would say about it is, oh, if there's a dip or an issue with the stock market, then you would absorb the blow. I've never absorbed it, you know. Uh, I mean, they, they 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 don't like to say you lose all your money, right? But, um, but there's a chance that that can happen, and so um, I, I appreciate the the advice or uh, the information that you gave about making sure that you have a found uh, a sound foundation before you begin. Um, but yeah, there is a very real risk to it, right? That you could um, that it couldn't go, that it could go um, other than your way, right? Oh yeah. Absolutely. First of all, we're overdue for a correction. So oh. it's coming. It's yeah. it's coming. This it's not gonna not happen. It's coming. Okay, yeah. so that's number one. And when you say a correction, you mean like um the stock things have been uh booming for for a while. You know, it's been you know volatile, but for the most part it's been high and the correction will be the low side of it. Not necessarily something as big as a recession or depression, but that's all quite possible. Yeah. But right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We are. I mean, it's been speculated. A lot of economists, you I've know, we are, we're waiting yeah. for it to just boom. Bubble to pop. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so there's been a lot of movement. You know, one of the things is follow the money, mm -hmm. <laughs> follow the money. You see a lot of people moving money out of the market. It's a, usually a telltale sign. Um, Especially people, you know, I'm not going to name any names just because we're on a live, but some of these, I mean, but you can Google it. I mean, go, go take a look and see what Rockefeller did. That's all I can say. Go see what he did in um, right, 2020. <laughs> you know, go, go take a, take a look and see what, what is actually trans transpiring because it's public knowledge, right. you know, but um, yeah, there's lots of risk. There's always risk. And, you know, this comes back to the financial literacy. I ask a lot of people all the time, you know, what is a 12B1 fee? They're like, what is that? I don't know. You pay for it all the time in your mutual funds. You don't know what it is? Right, right. And what no. is it if you don't Wait, mind? Right. Oh, yeah. It's an advertisement fee for the fund. It's like, you know, how all the funds advertise, companies advertise, those fees mm -hmm. are built into these are built into these funds. So you're so paying when, for that. So when, you, yeah. so when you, so if you ever, if you invest in a certain company and you start seeing billboards and stuff, just know that a portion of your money went to go um, uh, take care of that fee, right? But people don't know this. Exactly. You know, people yeah, are right. People are told. People were told when, just like when the four hundred one came out, hey, we take away pensions. Now we're going to give you guys four hundred one k. We're going to allow you guys to reap in the benefits of the profits of the company, right? And so everybody trusts, and they put their money in these four hundred one k's, and they really have no clue how they work. Exactly. Let alone exactly. when they get to retirement, which is the most critical point. Mm -hmm. Right. How am I going to live off this now for the rest of my life? And it's so sad because a lot of people, they get to that point, they think they've done so well and realize now they have to live way below their means from when they were working or they're going to have to continue to work. Right. Um, the stock market uh, definitely has its ups and its downs. You could definitely 
you know, win big, you mm. know, and you can definitely lose it all, mm. you know, in the stock market. And yeah, a lot of people won't say it. And it has to, it comes down to a person's individual risk tolerance. Are you able to stomach if you lose a quarter of what you have invested? Some people will say yes because they're in a different financial position and they understand it. And some people will say, no, you know, absolutely not. I'd rather have more guarantees. I want to know that where I put my money, I'm able to touch it and it's still going to grow, you know? And so um, these are kind of like those one individual situations, but it, it goes back to the point that I made earlier about financial literacy. People need to know how this money actually works. Right. Because yeah. right. a lot of things, a lot of things that people think they know, they don't know. Um, I'm a big fan of Robert Kiyosaki. Um, all of my clients that come in as a coach, um, especially those that are trying to, well, it depends on how they, I'm not going to say all of them, but those that are seeking to become business owners or entrepreneurs, I, I always point them back to um, an all-time favorite, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, it's a very important book. That book opens up the, uh, the entire illusion. You know, a lot of us are in the rat race and I, and I, I mean, I'm just going to, I'm just going to give it to you straight up. It's a rat race. Yeah. You know, you know, we are hoping those that are working, hoping you get a raise and hoping you can, you know, your, your, your boss will promote you. But at the end of the day, you can only live within the means for which you are given. And unless you step outside of that, and seek another way in order to uh, make money um, through some type of business structure. And there's so much protection um, in the corporation. We just have to understand how it works. And it's not as complicated as you think. I mean, it's so funny because um, I'm not gonna get too much in politics, but I'm, I'm gonna say this though. It's, so, it's, it's interesting because we all know this story about Robin Hood. Okay. We all know about Robin Hood. We was like, oh, Robin Hood is such a great guy. He robbed the rich and paid the poor. Robin Hood was a fraud. Robin Hood was a fraud. Okay. See, what people don't realize, even in America, is that we be we want right people to uh, have the rich pay more and so all that stuff, right? But we don't realize that the same things that we are promoting for are actually are affecting us. Hmm. It is the working class, the upper working class, those that get paid more get taxed more. Right. Those that have corporations that are capitalists, that are business owners, they are not subjected to those same type of tax. Every person, you know, you make more money, right? You make Mm -hmm. it more money. Docs, when you make more money at your job, you get more overtime. What they do, they take out more taxes. Even as a W-2, you, for the first six months, all you're doing is paying the government. For the first six months, you're really just paying the government. And if you really start thinking about that and like, wow, that's huge. It's like, when are you going to start working for you? Mm. When are you going to start putting things in place to use your skills to work, to make you rich instead of make somebody else rich, you know, but we have to get over that fear and that comfortability because that consistent check makes us stay in that position. Level of confidence. Yeah, that's a great segue into uh, what I want to start talking about, because I know um, with the stock market and stuff, there's some things for reasons you can't get too specific, but um, you are a financial planner. So let's talk about some stuff you can't get specific about. Um, So 
starting out like uh, with people who really want to take their finances seriously, and you've already mentioned a few things, um, but for people who really want to take this opportunity um, and, and, you know, make this the moment that they really start to make a change in their financial freedom and their financial literacy. Um, first of all, like what are some of the first things that they should do? What are some of the first steps they should take to try to, you know, make things better? Well, the first thing that we I do, I'm so glad you brought that up, is you first need to sit down and, and, and have some self-inventory. You got to mm-hmm. check yourself, like for real, right? Because a lot of us think we don't have money and we do. Okay. We just have really bad habits mm-hmm. of consuming everything, That's keeping up with the Joneses, trying to fit in, trying to look cool. Like, why do you have that expensive car? Okay. Do you really need that car? And, right. and where is your cash reserve at? What, mm-hmm. How about what is your life insurance policy? Do right. you have income protection? So mm-hmm. one thing you have to do is get real with yourself. I always utilize, I have this round, if you can see this, this is basically an income worksheet, right? Okay. So the first thing yeah. the first thing we want to do is we want to figure out what are your basic expenses? What are you actually, what do you, what is your actual monthly expense that you right. have right. each month? Let's identify the things that you need right? Then let's take a look at what you make. So now we know what you need to pay and what you make. All right, now let's, now let's go and take a look at your checkbook or your bank statement and see how you're actually spending because mm-hmm. you got to first get real with yourself and have self-discipline. Mm-hmm. You will be so surprised. I know I did this to myself and I still have to do this to myself. I can give myself some check. I'm trying to tell you that Chick-fil-A, I love Chick-fil-A. <laughs> that Chick-fil-A gets up there. One time I looked at how much money I spent in a year on food and I was just like, oh my God, yeah, that is just yeah. terrible, right? Yeah. Because we have to learn to respect money. And I don't think many of us were taught to respect money. Hmm. We weren't known, we didn't know how to actually use money, right? Yeah. And so um, a lot of us live above our means hmm. when really you should live below your means okay. um, in order for you to get ahead. Because I mean, face it, if right now if your situation and you're living paycheck to paycheck, you know, you're going to have to cut back so that way you can get ahead while you're st- still trying to create a business. Right. Uh, unless you're going to get into a business, I don't see that um, that financial freedom a possibility no. just on a regular W-2. It doesn't matter to me where you're working at. Right. Uh, I don't care how long, unless you're owning the company, you're a C-level position in that company, you're going to have to have something else to help compensate your retirement planning. But Uh, Back to your question. Yeah, you have to know what your expenses are. Really go through that. That's number one. Um, Identifying what is an asset, right? What is an asset? An asset is something that pays you, right? And what is a liability? Uh, The one biggest misconception people believe is that their house is an asset. It's not. It's the actual, it's actually the largest debt that you own, Mm-hmm. Right. Um, now, if you're coming in on an investor side, that's a whole different ballgame because that is an asset that can pay you. It's not an income stream. Um, and so we want to first minimize debts that we have um, strategically. Right. So a lot of people say go off and pay your highest credit card. No, that's not that's not the most sound advice to do. OK. okay. Right. Um, you want to You want to focus on the things that. um that, that you actually need um, versus the things that are, are indispensable. So that would be my first step is to sit down and develop, you know, what your expenses are, 
what you what you're actually spending and then from there take a look at what you can and cannot come back on right okay i know so many times i used to talk to people and they're like oh miss braxton i can't afford this i can't afford it i said but you have a four almost a 300 dollars cable bill something's not adding up here right what's more important you know and getting your priorities in order is also very important so one taking a look at what your current spendings are, you're coming in and going out, identifying your assets versus your liabilities, you know, and then identifying your priorities. What is it that you're trying to accomplish financially, right? And then we get to take it into steps. Um, I deal with people's two main, 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 like either people have the desire to, to gain, right? Or they have that fear of loss. Those are the two main emotions that I'm always working and I'm always dealing with when it comes to anybody, um, whether they're, you know, in, in the very beginning of their financial plans or financial journey. I say, I call it my financial journey. I don't believe in just the plan because it's constantly moving or whether they've been vetted for years. It's either their desire to gain or their fear to lose. Those are the two things that we have to deal with. That's, that I have to deal with. that's, that's such an interesting uh, perspective. You know, because um, you don't even realize that almost everybody falls into one of those categories, right? Wow, that's amazing. So, yeah, that's deep. <laughs> so you mentioned uh, a couple of things. Again, you mentioned, uh, you know, credit card debt and working on that. So I have a friend, and this is specifically for that person. I believe that they are watching. And we had an interesting conversation about debt consolidation companies. Now, me personally, and I don't know anything, you know, I'm in no way an expert. But I don't agree with the idea of um, of that whole thing just because you pay the company and that's another debt, right? And so as a financial um, expert, I say, you know, uh, uh, because you are. Uh, so, <laughs> but um, what's your take on uh, debt consolidation companies? Is that something people should utilize or, um, I mean, uh, do you recommend it or uh, do you have to stand on it at all? No, okay. So honestly, I'm gonna tell you, it, it kind of goes, a couple ways. And I'm going to tell you this, right? For example, um, understanding the law and how it works and, and limits of statutes are very important when it comes to debt. So okay. we know that debt, if you don't know, debt can stay on your credit for seven years. Seven years. Yeah. After seven years, it's gone. Yep. All right. So some of you guys need to first take a look at your debt and see, one, how long has it been on there, right? Is it something that I really need? to go ahead and muster through, do I need to pay it? You know, um, is it getting ready to fall off? That's number one. Number two is in certain localities, there's a statute of limitation where creditors can actually come back and sue you for that. Mm -hmm. I know in Washington DC, it's only three years. So after three years, they can't come back and sue you for anything, okay? Now I'm not promoting not pay your debt. I'm not promoting do things of that nature. But what I am saying is that if you're seriously trying to get your financial house in order, maybe you're trying to purchase something when you need your credit and you want to get your debt, you need to first look at each factor um, to see where you are and how it pertains to you. And the reason why I say that is because what some of these debt companies don't tell you is that, first of all, when you do debt consolidation, a lot of these companies are sending off settlement letters. So they're not really paying off the whole entire debt anyways. Mm. But what happens is that once they pay it off, it re-ages your debt. So oh. you might have, you, right. So you might have uh -huh. had a debt that was on there 
Um, and it might've been like five years, right? Right, right, right. And you didn't pay it off and you ain't paid it off in full. So it's going to appear, you know, partially paid, closed out. So the people are going to know you didn't pay it all. And then guess what? Your debt has been re-aged to the date that that settlement was done. So now you seven could potentially, right, you could potentially have right. another seven more years before you take it off. Now, not saying that you cannot, because there'll be people out there to say, no, 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 don't worry about it. We'll get it taken off. That's a hit or miss. Right. That, that's a hit or miss. Um, you know, now there's some companies out here um, that, you know, I mean, I don't, I can't even speak to a particular company. I definitely have talked to them as well as so how, I mean, you, you kind of go through things and that's how you become an expert and learn and learn yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, um, you know, it, I would just say when it comes to that, you need to be, I would say, get in touch with somebody that can actually talk to you about your holistic financial uh, overview. And that's how yeah. I consider myself as a, as a, a financial analyst, because uh-huh. I look, I take a look at the entire financial picture, right? We're not just solving for one piece because there's many stops on a road in life, right? Where you're going to need money, whether you have kids, retirement, I mean, disability. I mean, this is some real stuff out here. People get sick, get older, you know, who's going to pay those bills. And and the reality is too many of us wait till we need it Mm -hmm. to actually, you know, to actually put those things in place. But when it comes to the debt uh, and debt management and debt consolidation, I would just first uh, look through everything, um, especially in reference to how long that debt's been there. You know, um, if does that debt consolidation provide you credit repair? Because you can do debt consolidation and they won't do any type of credit repair. Um, and you're going to need something just beyond sending out dispute letters. Okay. You can send dispute letters until you're blue in the face. You're going to need to take it to a full step, um, above that. And some of these companies know how to do that. You can ask the question, hey, do you do something else besides just send dispute letters? Because I can send dispute letters myself. Matter of fact, I have copies. It's so easy to do a dispute letter, you know, and send it to the companies yourself. Um, And so I'm kind of like, I'm a little 50-50 on it. You know, Um, I know a lot of people who have like um, mortgages and things of that nature. I kind of show them through an amortization schedule how to pay their debt off a lot faster by paying more on the entrance um, and sending in two payments. Um, So there might be other ways to, you know, to mitigate the debt than by paying these companies who want to so-called hold your money in escrow, because that's what they do. They hold it in escrow and then they start petitioning. They usually wait to like six or nine months before they even start that process, you know, and if you can be disciplined to pay some, I think the problem is some people just don't have the discipline within themselves to put right, the money right. to side, to contact the lender themselves to negotiate a settlement offer, you know, and a lot of these companies, if you call them, they'll work with you. Um, yeah, so yeah. Um, Kiki, stay away from credit cards, stay mm-hmm. away from credit cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you have one, go ahead and, you know, get it down to 50% and then just let it sit there and then pay on it monthly. You know yeah, what I mean? But yeah. try to stay away from credit cards as much as yeah, possible. Yeah, that's, um, you know, uh, that's something I, you know, I have one and, and my dad never had, uh, I think uh, he had one closer to, you know, the end of his life, but he never believed in him. And um, he's like, anything I got to get out, pay for cash. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> they, it, it's a struggle, but that's such good advice. And so many like little key bits of information, things that these companies don't tell you that 
um, that I didn't even know of before I formulated my just personal opinion of the company, just off of the fact that they make that you're paying them to uh, lower payments. It seemed weird to me. And so that's why I was always like, you shouldn't do it. And uh, the friend that I was talking about was like, well, I'm just going to see what they're talking about. And, um, you know, wind up getting into a situation where now they owe that their company some money yeah. also. And it's like, come on, man. But, you know, so yeah. uh, it, it definitely happens. But, um, but yeah, just uh, su such sound advice, man. I appreciate it so much. Uh, a couple of more questions. Um, so uh, another big thing that people have been talking about recently um, is uh, cryptocurrency. Mm. Okay. And so like, you know, Bitcoin and different things like that. Um, do you have any, like, what's your take on it? And is it something that you recommend people get into? Um, well, I will tell you this. Uh, oh, Lord, hold on one okay. second. I don't know what I just said. Okay, I'm still here. I'm back. Yeah, My screen is touch screen. I was going to say about cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. uh, cryptocurrency is going to be the wave of the future. Okay. okay. Uh, we are every, um, I, I would encourage people to start doing research internationally on international currencies and seeing how mm -hmm. uh, there's different types of cryptocurrencies. Uh, I am not going to, I am not going to shout out any specific currencies, but there are some cryptocurrencies that are backed by gold. Okay. okay. They do have um, gold standard. Okay. Yes, have right. And, um, you know, this is just something that it's inevitable. To happen. I mean, um, I remember years ago when um, I would say back in 2013 or 2014 when Bitcoin was just coming out and mm -hmm. it was just too shaky because there was so much money that disappeared and things of that nature and yeah, untraceable. Yeah. And now it, you know, it's like $30,000, $32,000 for one Bitcoin now, yeah. um, which is like incredible, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, there is a lot of um, uh, uncertainty pertaining to these coins, um, mm -hmm. uh, in particular that coin and some of the other ones. Um, so I would encourage people to do their research, mm -hmm. um, start looking into uh, things that have uh, currencies, especially international currencies that have um, more value, um, okay. you know, because it this is where we're trending. I mean, this is okay. where we're trending. Um, if I knew exactly when I'd be probably the world's richest woman in the world. Right. Yeah. This is yeah. where we're, this is where we're trending. I know, uh, I know myself, my colleagues, um, the people, you know, the millionaires and billionaires that I know mm. personally, you know, all, all focused on this, uh, on this new cryptocurrency and, you know, well, not new, but the different types of cryptocurrency that are out right. here. Right. Um, so I would encourage people to do research on it, spend some time, and look them up. There's some out here that have some very good proven track record that you that's actually um, makes sense. You know, some of these that don't make any sense at all. And those ones you want to stay away from. Also, if your brother, cousins, mama, sister, family is trying to get you to buy something, I would go first <laughs> and research that company because there's a lot of there's a lot of that going on out here right now. Yeah. Um, people just popping up with all different types of currencies and things of that nature. Um, when you start seeing uh, different countries using currency to back their um, their money, that's, that's would be right. a telltale sign. Like I said in the beginning, to follow the money, you know. Right. Um, right. 
yeah, so that's, that's a good way to bring it back around. And um, like you said, there's a lot of ambiguity around it. And mm -hmm. that's one of the things that's concerning, just because like with anything, when a new thing presents itself, it presents an opportunity for uh, people with less than reputable, uh, you know, uh, intentions to come yeah. about and do and, uh, you know, basically separate you from your money. So uh, which is basically what they're trying to do. So um, so but but research, like you said, is the key, like just find out as much as you can about any companies or any cryptocurrencies before you make uh, before you make any investments or make any moves um, right. uh, with it. That's that's uh, yeah, more solid advice. So uh, I appreciate that. So um, I don't know if you want to say, do you, do you uh, like dabble in the whole cryptocurrency world? Yeah, like, I do. Um, yep, okay. yep, I do. Yep, right, I do. I have cool, a, I have a couple stocks. Um, uh, XRP is one of the stocks that I personally um, invest in. Mm. Um, and then there's another one. I don't know it off the top of my head. There's actually a whole authentication process to go through, but I can reach out and give it to you if you want to send it to your audience later. That is um, backed by gold. Um, okay. And so when I found that one out, I jumped on that bad boy when it was pennies on the dollar. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And like so I, said, I know you can't make any specific recommendations, yeah. but that's why I'm just saying what you, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I can never make any recommendations just because I haven't seen anybody to go through their finance and I don't want to get caught up, you know, with um, you told me to do this and now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah, like Ms. Braxton said this or let me flag her. What did you say online yeah. to American people? Yeah. What did you tell them? Yeah. What was your basis? What was their risk tolerance? Like? Right, right, right. So, yeah. But I can tell you what I personally have done. That doesn't mean that's what you should do. But right. Right. Um, right. I definitely have, um, I am definitely involved in, in, in actively researching uh, that cryptocurrency and international currency. Uh, I, my, me personally, I have started to just put money more into real estate. Um, mm -hmm. In, in areas and in different companies. I have started, um, I started investing into some startup companies in 2020, especially those in gene therapy, um, artificial intelligence, uh, marijuana. Um, just so you guys know, so something to talk about. And I know it's a touchy area for some people, but it's the reality of the future. I mean, it really is. I know whenever Congress starts talking about initiating a sales tax that's a key sign right there that you might want to go ahead and get on the wagon before it before it gets down the road so yeah, um yeah. you're referring directly to um to cannabis to marijuana yeah yeah to marijuana exactly um you know a lot of people use it for medicinal uh, many states are starting to um you know approve it for recreational yeah. eventually you know eventually I mean, it's inevitable that, you know, it's going to be recreational. And so Congress has already been starting to look at um, assessing a sales tax on that. Um, and so when that happens, you know, it just, you know, things are going to start, you know, you're going to start having it everywhere, you know, sure. not that I approve or disapprove it in any, any manner or the other, but um, I mean, you, it, it is a trend that, you know, um, if you're not exploring it, right. Yeah. If, if you are a capitalist, right, mm -hmm. that's what we are. We're capitalists. That's what you want to be as a capitalist. People right. think that they're bad, evil people. They're not. I'm not a bad, evil person, but I am a capitalist, right? No, um, you're good people. I know you. <laughs> right. You right. know, so um, you want to start looking at those trends uh, of, of, you know, of, you know, what's coming. 
right, cool. So I want to talk a little bit uh, before we wrap up uh, about you have you working on a book. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you got a book coming. <laughs> Um, and I don't want to, I know that it's something that, you know, um, you don't want to give away too much because you want, of course, people to invest in the book, but, um, uh, how much can you tell us about what is it going to be about? Do you have a name for it? Anything of that nature? Oh, well, yeah, I can tell you a little bit about it. Not too much just yet, but I will tell you a little bit about it. I'm actually coming out with two books this year and I'm super excited. One of them I am co-authoring with, uh, James Malachek, who was the secret, uh, ABC secret millionaire. Mm -hmm. Um, and that book is about greatness. Um, which I think is really up my alley. Um, so I'm super excited about that. Uh, he helped John Canfield with the chicken soul for the uh, chicken soup for the soul and wow. uh, millions of other people, um, you know, just launch their, their books and things. So I'm excited about that book. I'm also getting, I'm working on my book. Um, it's called uh, tell time what it is. Uh, okay. This is my passion. This is my baby. Um, uh, because I really believe that we as individuals need to wake up. We need to get out of these rat, out of this rat race. Um, the American dream that we were sold was a lie, <laughs> was a lie. And I want people to understand the truth um, about how do you actually um, persevere and actually get out of the rat race, you know, and it, and it does have to do with self-mastery. Um, being disciplined within yourself, but you got to focus on five specific key areas that will help transform your life uh, as well as your business um, to just have you living a more purpose, uh, purpose fulfilled, purpose driven life. And so um, I kind of, I, I highlight, I highlight in that book, what are the steps that you need to take on a daily basis to be able to get yourself to that point of mastering yourself because if you can master yourself, there's nothing that you cannot accomplish. I believe that if you, and, and this is, and, and this is my belief. Okay. Everyone has their own beliefs, but I believe if you work as if everything depends on yourself and pray as if everything depends on God, there's nothing that you cannot achieve. Um, and having self-belief in oneself is the first step to anything. Um, and so, um, it's, it's going to be like the, my protege to the first keys, that I'm going to uh, give out uh, to help people unlock the doors uh, to their destiny. So. Amazing. That's amazing. And so you said, um, what was the, the name of the first book that's coming out? Or do you have a title for it yet or no? Uh, I do. It is uh, yeah. The Road to Greatness. I believe that's what it is. The Road to okay. Greatness. We're still back and forth between the two. So I, actually, I don't, but I do. Um, so we're still uh, playing with that. Uh, um, but it's, huh? No, I just said, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that will be coming out. We'll, we should have that out by June of this year. And oh, then, um, nice, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then I'm going to wait, I think, until fourth quarter to bring out my book as a highlight for the end of the year, transitioning into uh, the new year. Um, tell time what it is. So, so yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. time what it is. Yeah, I heard you mention that earlier. Yeah, that's my that's my copyright. It's my patent. It's my trademark. <laughs> y'all don't try to steal it. She already got it. Long time. Time what it is. You can start. You can say it, but just to promote the book. But don't be trying right. to get. But uh, right, that's, right, that's right. dope, man. We definitely looking forward to that. Um, you obviously have a wealth of information. Um, if people need financial help, if they need training, if they need uh, any of the services that your businesses offer. Where can they find you? Where can they contact your businesses? Um, 
Yeah, no, uh, any um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. social media, email, anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Email. I mean, well, first, you guys can you can Google me. You can Google Nikea Braxton. I'm, I'm on I Facebook. Like if your stuff comes up with you now, I'm yeah. like, oh, I don't want to see it. No, no, it's all, <laughs> it's amazing. So that's how I found like the LinkedIn and different things like that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely on LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, you guys can email me at nbraxton, B-R-A-X-T-O-N, at financialguy, financialguy.com. Uh, email me. If you let me know that you came, that you that you got my information on um, the neighborish, I will waive my uh, sitting fee because uh, I do charge a sitting fee. That was uh, so, yeah, make sure you guys say the neighborish sent you guys. Yeah. Um, please, please do that. And, uh, you know, we can take it from there. I also have, you also find me at the masterkeycoach.com. Uh, if you go look at it today, it is down because I am working on revamping my, uh, my logo and my backdrop, but it will back okay. up by Friday. Um, but yeah, you guys, please reach out. Um, and yeah, I'll be more than happy to help answer your questions. And if you haven't, started working with anybody i would love for you to come on and take the journey with with the nation's captain capital so come on oh that's dope yeah yeah so so the the um last questions that i always ask everybody that comes on um is a, are pretty introspective questions and i always enjoy the answers that i get so the first one is if you um right now today had the opportunity to get into a time machine and go back in time and talk to a younger version of yourself. Let's say a 12-year-old uh, Nikea Braxton. If you could go and with everything that you've been through in your life, everything that you know now, all the wisdom that you've garnered, all of your you know, successes and failures, if you could have a conversation with that young lady, what would it be like? What type of things would you say to her? Oh, wow, I love this question. Oh, first of all, I love working with you. So yeah, And I always try to tell them all the stuff that nobody told me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I, I, I try to make it personal um, by yeah. saying, you know, what would you tell yourself? But it's always interesting when I ask someone like yourself who has a daughter. So in a certain respect, you kind of are talking to a younger version of yourself. Right. When you talk to I her. am. But but yeah. <laughs> so let's start with like if you if you were standing in front of 12 year old Nikea and you had an opportunity to impart some wisdom or say anything, whatever it may be, what, what would that conversation be like? Well, yeah, the first conversation uh, was well, a couple things, but the first conversation conversation I would have what to really first identify and define what a goal is versus a desire. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that so many people get so confused with this and it, it sets them up for so much disappointment because they don't know. A goal is something that only you alone can control. Right. And a desire depends on somebody else to approve it or authenticate it. And that would be the first thing um, to teach her to understand the difference between what a goal and a desire is. Number two, I would tell her and I would tell, like I always do tell people, you know, people is be confident, be you. Don't be afraid to be you. You're quirky, you're funny, you're goofy, be you. The dreams and the thoughts that you have are only specific for you. And take those things and don't let anybody tell you that you can't be everything that you dream about. I would encourage people to dream, to dream bigger and expect more out of life. Um, I would also talk to my children about the importance of energy and vibrations. Uh, this is something that is so not spoke about that is very transform is transforming in everyone's lives in your mind. 
Um, whatever you tell yourself, it will be. You know, you, the only competition that you need to be in is with yourself, who you were the day before, right? Um, make sure that you understand that in life, the difference between an investor and a consumer, you know, grow to build your business, start thinking of ways of how you could take the things that you like and create money out of it. Uh, I would gear my younger self straight out the gate. Don't try to work for anybody. Start building on your businesses as soon as you can over and over and over and over again. And you'd be surprised with, like I told you guys earlier, my daughter came to me the other day and said, mommy, I built my first logo. I got a website. I'm like, oh my God, our website looks like <laughs> sitting here working on this website for a year. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. you just got to yeah. do it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and I would say most importantly, when you fear something, run to it as fast as you can. Yeah. Run to it as fast as you can. Overcome all your fears, no matter how big or small they are, overcome them. Yeah. Overcome yeah. them by facing them, right? It could be as right. little as dumping into the deep end of the pool. I know that was one of my biggest fears for a number <laughs> of reasons I've had yeah. special yeah. encounters with the ocean. But okay. fear paralyzes people Definitely. on all yeah. levels, yeah. you know, um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, to be an investor, not a consumer. Yeah, I teach my kids that. I think people, all people need to understand that. The um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the big difference. And education, you never stop learning, right? And actually, the things that you do learn in school, they actually do come into effect as you get older, right. you know, but you got to become a student of life. Right. You just yeah. can't take what someone tells you. So if you feel something in your gut that's not right, trust that. Trust your intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, and more than important anything, I would tell my I would tell my younger self uh, to talk to God every day, mm-hmm. to lean on Him, let Him be your rock. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's going to be moments in life where you're going to be all alone, and you're not going to understand how it's going to work out. You're not going to know why, but you just know without a doubt that this is what you're supposed to do. And that's when you're going to need to lean on, um, you know, your heavenly father, whomever you do, whomever any of you guys out there deem him to be um, to help you get through those rough, uh, those rough times. Because science can only take you but so far in life. And so the the unexpected always happens (laughs) Uh, or the unexplainable. So are you still there? Uh-oh, I think we froze. Uh-oh. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have been talking about this. Every time I'm talking about the Lord, this is what happens. Look at that. Peace be still. Don't know what happened. Hey, okay. are, you, are, you, are you there? See, yeah, oh my goodness. No, no idea. I, don't know. I started talking about the Lord and it froze up. Uh-huh, right. See, see, see. They were trying okay. to stop us. So we back. They can't stop us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, okay. So yeah, I'm sorry. And it was it was completely me. I have no idea. My whole situation just disconnected for some reason. And it was no I issue. promise you, I was I was talking about God. I promise you, time on I was telling people to have faith. And all of a sudden it went off. I said, Oh, the devil is a lie. That was a liar. Yeah. A lie. yeah, for the pit of hell. So um, right. so yeah, but um uh the uh the other question, I kind of changed up the last question that I always ask. Um, so um it used to be something else, but now I'm gonna start asking. You're the first person I'm gonna ask this to. Okay. Um, and I'm gonna see what, what kind of an answer you get. Um, so the first one was kind of looking back and uh, how you will build upon yourself and the things that you've gained. And now um, looking at yourself right now and beyond, when people see you, what do you hope that they see? Oh, I hope that they see, I hope they see uh, hope. I hope they see hope. I hope they see hope. Yeah, I hope they see hope. I hope they see a person who didn't come from much, making it and still making it. I hope they see, I hope they can identify with a commonality. You know what? I've been in her shoes. I've been there. I know, you know, I know what it's like to not have, you know, I know what it's like to have, right? Um, and I hope they see hope. That's what I hope. I hope they see hope and change. Yeah, and change. Yeah, and that's, I think that's a great way to wrap it up, man. Thank you so much for the wealth of information you share with everyone. I'm definitely um, going to get you to send me all of your links so I can uh, post them so people can get in touch with you for any okay. you know, financial advice or any information that they need. Um, uh, you know, any of the, the myriad of, uh, of, of products or services that you offer that people may be able to utilize. Thank you for everything that you do. And like I said, man, you're, you're a superhero to me, man. You're doing your thing. And I'm so proud of you and happy just because, uh, you know, I've known you for so long and... Uh, <laughs> You've done so well for yourself and built this amazing, you know, life in this world for yourself in, in spite of, and not just in spite of, but, you know, because of, and based on everything that you've been through, all of trials and, you know, failures and different things. And, and um, uh, you become, it's all become this uh, uh, pieces of this amazing person. And I just want you to know I'm proud of you. I love you. Uh, oh, I love you too, dude. Yeah, man. And you know, and like we'll talk some more. Um, yeah, but yeah. uh just to wrap everything up, uh, on behalf of myself, Super Dave, aka Mr. Incredible, my co-host who couldn't be with us today, and the awesome Nike of Braxton. Uh, thank you guys so much for checking out another episode of the Neighborish Livecast. We'll be back next week with more information, more education, and more fun. You guys have a great week. Take care of yourselves and each other, and peace. Peace.